Thanks for downloading episode 111 of the Shrimps Verdict podcast. All opinions expressed are those of the individual contributors and not necessarily those of either Morecambe Football Club or of Beyond Radio. Every kick, every game, every goal. Following Morecambe FC in League One. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio. Corners is one thing where we need to be far better than what we've been in the last few weeks. That's for sure. Far too many goals direct from corners. In this one comes, it's towards the back post, and Connor Ripley needs to save that smartly at the back post, and it's cleared away by Sameu. Crowley gets it to Jensen Weir, who's on the break. Go here, Jensen Weir bearing down on goal. Great chance for Morecambe, and he's found the bottom corner to give the Shrimps a dream start here at the Maduma. And what a fantastic breakaway goal that was from the corner. We cleared our lines on the edge of the box. It fell to Dan Crowley. And he played a lovely ball to Jensen Weir on the overlap. And he ran on from inside his own half, drew the keeper. I thought uh, Callum Burton had just got enough of a flick on it to get it round the post for a corner. But it goes in off the far post for Jensen Weir's 10th goal of the season. And in the fourth minute, it's a dream start for the Shrimps against second place Plymouth Argyle. Morecambe lead by a goal to nil. And Jensen hasn't scored for a very long time. I think it's about 15 games or so since Jensen found the net. But no mistake there for Morecambe's top scorer. He kept calm, took his time, drew the keeper. And you have to say it was a smart finish into the bottom right-hand corner of Callum Burton. Now, I think he got a little flick on it, did the Pilgrims keeper. But it wasn't enough to keep the ball out as it goes in off the far post. For Morecambe 1, Plymouth Argyle 0. Plymouth moving into the Morecambe half, Michael Miller. Twisting away from Orsterfield, ball on this left-hand side, Mayer, left-hand tip of the Morecambe box, Mayer might think about a shot, does think about a shot, it's a beautiful goal. That is a goal of high, high, high quality from Danny Mayer, off the bench for Plymouth Argyle, he was allowed to drift in from the left-hand side and just allowed to run towards the edge of the Morecambe penalty area and curls it deliciously past the left-hand of Connor Ripley. To level things up here on 62 minutes at the Mazuma Stadium, a goal of high class from Plymouth. And it's the Shrimps 1, Argyle 1. And after saying for the first 62 minutes of the game how well that Morecambe had defended, how solid we were at the back. I don't think it was a switch off as such, we just, we just gave him too much room really. And a, a player of, of that quality and a team of this quality going for automatic promotion of course. You have to say it was a fine, fine finish. Ball on the edge of the area, up and over it goes, and it was Sameu who couldn't quite make that stick, and Sameu's out of position here now. As the long clearance forward is well defended by Papa Soiree. Sameu's still out of position. Morecambe with a bit short numbers at the back here, but to just about get the first job done, Callum Wright trying to bulldoze his way towards the byline. Wright still going, goes to ground under the challenge of Donald Love and the referee tells him to get up and Stephen Schumacher, the Plymouth Argyle manager, is absolutely furious that that wasn't a penalty. Well, here they come again, Matete, towards the edge of the six-yard box, it's put into the back of the net for 2-1. 
and it's a substitute Ben Wayne. The two substitutes have combined to potentially win it for the Pilgrims this afternoon. And that could be heartbreak for the Shrimps inside the last five minutes here at the Mazuma Stadium. Appeals for a penalty waved away, but we didn't clear our lines. Second phase, Callum Wright slips it into the path of Ben Wayne and from about 10 yards out he finds the back of Connor Ripley's net and that could be the winning goal for the Pilgrims here at the Mazuma Stadium this afternoon in the 87th minute. Utter, utter heartbreak for Morecambe at the Shrimps 1, Plymouth Argyle 2. We don't deserve to be trading this game, but trading this game we are. We have defended so well, we have put bodies on the line, we have played with so much heart, so much spirit, so much determination to get a result against the side going for automatic promotion into the championship this season. We know the quality that Plymouth Argyle have got on the bench and Stephen Schumacher rolled the dice he's bought. Several subs on, including Danny Mayer, who scored the, a cracking equaliser, you have to say, on 63. That goal a lot scruffier, a lot scrappier, but the two more subs combining, Callum Wright and Ben Wayne, to make it Morecambe 1, Plymouth Argyle 2. The Pilgrims do not deserve to be leading this game. They simply do not. But that is what good sides do. They take their chances when they come. Galloway. Mayer's going to pick it up in front of the Berlin Wall once more. Left-footed cross, in it comes. Headed away again from inside the Plymouth Argyle penalty area. And it falls for Callum Wright, who's going to try and play. Jamie Tete in here on the breakaway, similar to Jensen Weir in the first half. Jamie Tete puts the points in the bag for Stephen Schumacher's men. And it was an, almost an identical breakaway to the way Jensen Weir opened the scoring for Morecambe early on in the first half from a corner. Second, third phase, Plymouth broke, we had to commit men forward. Lovely ball through from Callum Wright, and it's all of the substitutes who have combined in this second half to turn a 1-0 deficit into what's going to be a 3-1 victory for Plymouth Argyle now. Right into the path of Matete, bearing down on goal, through the keeper Ripley, slips it into the bottom corner, past him to make it in stoppage time. Morecambe 1, Plymouth Argyle 3, it's harsh, it's heartbreaking, but it's what teams at the top of the table do. They're ruthless, utterly, utterly ruthless, and they take their chances when they come their way. Points in the back then for Plymouth. Disappointment for Derek Adams' men. Reaction to the action. This is the Shrimp's Verdict on Beyond Radio. Referee puts the whistle to his lips, brings proceedings to a close. It's defeat here at the Mazuma Stadium for... Morecambe this afternoon and it was an undeserved defeat as well by three goals to one it looks so good for the Shrimps Jensen Weir's 10th goal of the season giving Morecambe the lead inside the fourth minute lovely defensive work from a corner it felt a Crowley midway inside the Morecambe half he played the ball up and over and there was Jensen Weir he ran onto it from inside his own half all the way to inside the Plymouth Argyle box drew the keeper and slotted it in off the far post for his 10th goal of the season his first goal in 16 appearances to give Morecambe the lead it was 1-0 still at half time and we thought we were all set fair for a good second half and a good start to the Easter Bank holiday weekend but Plymouth have got plenty of strength in depth they made some good 
and his substitutions at the right time. Stephen Schumacher brought five people off the bench and all five of them have combined to put Plymouth not only back on terms but to win the game here by three goals to one in the second half. A great finish from Danny Mayer on 63 minutes to equalise. Got the ball on the left-hand side not long after coming off the bench. Was allowed to run to the edge of the area and curled a delightful right-footed shot into the far corner past the left hand of Connor Ripley. It looks for all the world as if it was going to be a one-all draw and that would have been a brilliant result against high-flying Plymouth Argyle. But of course, teams at the top do not know how to lose. And Plymouth with this win have gone top of the League One table this afternoon as well. They made it 2-1 on 86 minutes. Utter, utter heartbreak for the Shrimps. Ball down the right-hand side in the Morecambe penalty area. Pilgrims appealing for a penalty that wasn't given. Second phase wasn't cleared and it was scruffy, it was scrappy, it was Callum Wright who fed it into the substitute Ben Wayne who finished past Ripley from about eight yards out, ball bobbling into the net uh, for what we thought would be the winning goal at that time. It was then 3-1 deep in stoppage time and it was the other substitute, Jay Matete with it. We committed men forward, desperately searching for the equaliser as we had to do. We then got caught on the break, similar to the way that we have scored in the first half really. Up and over. One pass, Matete in, and the former Fleetwood Town man making no mistake one-on-one -on -one from about 10 yards out to slot it into the far corner of Connor Ripley's goal. We don't deserve to lose today. A point was that very minimum our performance deserved. We are running out of games. We can't keep saying that we're playing with lots of heart, lots of spirit, lots of determination. That was there in buckets for the Shrimps this afternoon, mate. No doubt about that. But ultimately, the quality really really shone through when it mattered most for Stephen Schumacher's Plymouth Argyle and I think that's the the difference isn't it really the golfing class between the top of the table and the bottom six or seven sides it is quite vast and it's been shown today as Plymouth came from behind for a vital three points in their quest for automatic promotion Derek not to be today for you and your team what's your assessment of what you've seen today yeah, it was really difficult to, to take because we got ahead in the game through Jensen Weir, a well-worked goal, you know, very early in the match and uh, it gave us a foothold in the game. And uh, I thought that um, we dealt well with the threat that uh, Argyle uh, posed to us and they had a lot of uh, corner kicks but uh, dealt well with that threat and uh, didn't really um, cause us too much trouble. Uh, they get a goal uh, into the second half, they take on Danny Mayer, he comes inside and hits a long-range shot into the bottom corner. Uh, we give a ball away in the 86th minute in our box and uh, they punish us and in the in injury time when we were trying to push to get that equaliser um, they score uh, in added time Yeah you touched on it just there for 86 minutes you defended really well in that game I guess it must be frustrating that our oh, second goal comes that late Yeah I mean we shouldn't have given the ball away you know we should have passed it forward we got caught on the ball and uh, they were able to, to nick it and square it and it, and it goes uh, into the back of the net but uh, you know we've lost too many points this season from winning positions and that's probably through the inexperience uh, in the squad we've lost 21 points now from, from winning positions Yeah and the third goal came simply because you were trying to push forward and get the equaliser Yeah we give the ball away uh, for the third goal and that allows a counter attack for the opposition and uh, and when they got on the counter-attack, they've got uh, you know good players that are, uh, are going to cause us trouble. In terms of individual performances, there were some good shows out there today, none more so than 
Dan Crowley, who was a real handful. Yeah, did very well. He was struggling with his groin, and uh, the reason we had to, you know, take him off. But he did, you know, really well. He was only one of eleven or twelve players that, uh, you know, did really well today. It's a quick turnaround, if you can call it a quick turnaround in Portsmouth next up. You've just got to go again and just try and get the three points, I guess. Yeah, I mean, that's the division we're in, but um, we were in a fantastic position today, you know, 1-0 ahead uh, against the team that uh, are the league leaders and uh, to succumb to a, a defeat uh, so late in the match uh, is, is really hard to take. How difficult is it to pick the players up after losing to a defeat so late in the game ahead of the next one? Listen, it, it's about the players picking themselves up. Uh, it, it's, you know, it's a it's a game where they have to get going again and, and, and go. Uh, as management team and manager, we, we pick everyone up and uh, get going, and uh, that's the nature of the business. But uh, as a player, you have to get back out there and, and perform again. Portsmouth will always be a tough away game. Is it about focusing on the positives? after this game to take forward into the, the next game? Yeah, I mean, listen, Ports was a difficult venue to go to at any time and uh, we've, you know, just come off a hard uh, defeat today and uh, we have to be ready for the game on Monday. I think you're five points from that safety line, having played a couple of games more than the side you have to catch. Presumably everybody in the club believes that while there's still games left and points to play for, you can get over that line. Yeah, I mean, it's very difficult now. Um, it's become more difficult today because we haven't won the game. The other results around about us uh, haven't been uh, good for us and uh, that's uh, where it stands. Ahead of the Portsmouth game, do you have to assess who will be available, whether you've picked up any injuries from this one and what sort of team you can put out? Yeah, I mean, when we have a quick turnaround, we'll come back in tomorrow. We'll train on uh, Sunday, travel on Sunday and... Uh, you know, see what players we have. We had 18 players today ready for the game. We had a number of players that were carrying knocks that missed out. And uh, we'll see where we are uh, tomorrow morning. It's quite a journey to make, isn't it? On a bank holiday, on a weekend, to go all the way down to Portsmouth. Yeah, we'll obviously go there on the bus. I know Plymouth, a guy flew up uh, yesterday. Uh, we, we'll, we'll travel down on the bus on Sunday. Ryan, a, a pretty intense game it looked like to play in, but not the right side of the, the result today. No, uh, not the right side of the result at all. Um, I think we've done well in spells and we looked like uh, we were going to hold on to the lead. Uh, we had moments uh, in their final third ourselves, but their, their uh, first, first goal to draw the, draw the game kind of put us in the back foot and I think we, uh, we didn't deal well with, with their good moments uh, as they did with ours. Yeah, their first goal was a, a long-range effort, and not until the second goal, you defended really well all afternoon. It was pretty shameful, really, that the second goal came as late as it did. Yeah, a uh, real sucker punch for us. Uh, disheartening. Um, I think we all put all the effort we could in today, um, and just them deciding moments were the, the factor of today. Got to keep going, though. It's on to the next one, and while there's still games to play for and points to win, I guess you still not thinking you can get out, can't get out of this yet yeah we've got five games uh, 15 points to play for and uh, we've still got the opportunity to, to go on a run ourselves and the teams around us it'll put the pressure on them towards the end of the season uh, we've got to we've got to believe first and foremost uh, the fans were great today they'll stick with us so we have to put in all the effort we can on the pitch to to give them every every little bit of hope and kind of something to, to push for towards the end of the season for us. 
It's the Shrimps Verdict podcast, part of Shrimps Live on Beyond Radio. Thanks so much for downloading this episode. We really appreciate it. Hello from Dave Salmon. Always appreciate your ears and your eyes. And we're off to the South Coast then this coming Easter Monday. It's about a five and a half hour drive from North Lancashire down to Fratton Park. But don't feel sorry for it. It's all part and parcel of the job. And despite what's been going on recently, we love it really. And we would love your company for full match commentary of Portsmouth against Morecambe will be on FM and DAB Plus Digital Radio. And of course, you can listen or watch via iFollow Shrimps uh, from 2.45. Really, really looking forward to your company. Ahead of the game, I've been speaking to Freddie Webb. Freddie is a local journalist in Portsmouth. Uh, he's also a big Pompey fan and one quarter of the PO Forecaster Portsmouth Fans Podcast. Uh, they tell it like it is, like all good fans podcasts do. And Freddie then, the ideal man to get the full lowdown on John Messinio men change of manager since we last played Pompey to get the full lowdown ahead of our trip to Fratton Park this coming Easter Monday. Freddie thanks for jumping on our pod again always appreciate uh, your time uh, always great to chat now uh, it's been uh, quite the season uh, for you guys let's rewind before we talk about matters on the field on on Easter Monday and uh, uh, change of manager firstly uh, were, were you disappointed uh, to see the Cowleys go or what, what was it the right time how did you see it? Uh, it was a shame that the Cowleys left. Uh, for Walken fans who don't know, Danny Cowley was um, sacked after a 3-1 defeat to Charlton at home. Uh, that was an incredibly poor game, but it showed all the things of like a last manager's game. Formational changes at halftime, a lot of substitutions, almost a completely different team selection from the last game and the game before. He was struggling to get results. It was one win in 15 in the league at that time. Um, and the only reason why we're winning games is because of cup games in between and it was a massive struggle and as much as I thank Danny and Nicky Cowley for reconnecting the fans with the football club again uh, after that time I think it was time for a change and then yeah we went for John Massinho uh, a lot of people were underwhelmed to start with and to a certain extent it was justified considering this is his first managerial job um, but he's gone off to an absolute fire flyer our form's good and somehow we're Three points off, three points off the playoffs when we thought the season was dead and buried in January. Now, uh, John Massinio being being appointed, it was a very left field appointment because, uh, as far as I could tell from an outsider, it was uh, it was still an Oxford player, really. So uh, that came out of nowhere. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he was groomed to be Carl Robinson's successor, from all accounts. Um, we managed to get in. <laughs> but before Oxford made that decision at the very least. But um, yeah, completely out of nowhere. Many people thought it was too much um, for his first job. Um, the board really backed him. He interviewed very well and they wanted someone who could get the most out of young players. I think that's the route they're going to go down. And tactically, he's getting it done really well. The, uh, the dressing room has been fully backed him and it just shows in the uh, the form turnaround recently. I think, like you say, just a couple of months ago, you're beached in mid-table, season over, no problems there, just coasting along. And and suddenly, what a turnaround. It is going to be tight, isn't it, getting into that top six? But uh, you've given yourselves one heck of a chance. Yeah, absolutely. It's always a strange thing with teams fighting for the playoff spot. Sometimes it comes completely down to form afterwards. If we do get there, I remember Blackpool in that season 
where their form was ridiculous after January, managed to get all the way to third and just continued it in the playoffs. It's a, it's a very strange one. Um, I'm not going to go as far as to say Portsmouth will make it. I think I predicted ninth for the beginning of the season before a ball was kicked. And knowing Pompey, looking at it, looking at the re, the relatively easy run compared to the opposition, it's easy to say yes, but I'm not going to say yes until it actually happens. Uh, I, I can't back them just yet. So what's been the difference between uh, the, the Cowley era and, and, and the John Messina era? Is it a different different personnel, different way of playing, or, or just new manager bounce? What, what, what's happened? It's a bit of all those things, really. It was good that the players got a clean slate. Um, a lot of players who came back in played really well under John Messina. Ryan Tunnicliffe was a big one in centre midfield. He's like a shuttling midfielder, box to box at both sides. Very good, very good short range passer. You um, say, so yeah, the, the clean slate for the players was a massive thing. A lot of players returning from injury was also big. Um, I, I mentioned on the PO forecast that against Forest Green for a time, um, it was a midfield three of Marlon Pack, Tom Lowry, and Joe Morrell, which fans were clamoring for for ages, but we could never get because always one of them was injured for a time. Um, other players to come in. Joe Rafferty coming back at right back is a big one. He was at Preston for so long in the championship and he could tell he's got that high division experience. So players returning from injury definitely helps, even though we still have injuries at the moment. And it's a simplified tactic. It's usually a 4-3-3 or a 4-2-3-1 where we don't always play out the back. Uh, we vary it depending on the opposition we face. And the aim is just simply to try and control the midfield with short passing try and stretch the defence and then put in a killer cross or a killer through ball to Colby Bishop. And that's uh, pretty much it. You can't get much more simple than that sometimes. And as we found out with Cole Stockton uh, last season, uh, when you've got a striker who knows where the net is and is actually finding the net like Colby Bishop is, then uh, half the battle's already won, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we wouldn't be anywhere near, Pompey would be anywhere near the playoffs without Colby Bishop. The 23 goals in all comps. Um we do a transfer special on the PO forecast and we said, oh, Colby Bishop would be great, but we're never going to spend the money on him. And then Pompey actually did just over half a million um, from Accrington and it's worth every single penny. Um, scores all sorts of goals. He's an absolute handful for centre-halves. Um, doesn't go down easily. He's very physical, but always finds that pocket of space in the penalty area, which is massive. And he's good with his head and on the floor, scoring different types of goals. So yeah, he is striker to build around for Pompey for as uh, as long as the club can keep him. Or as long as he can stay fit for. I, I suppose it was a very slight risk in, in signing him. He was going to go to Blackpool and they pulled out and uh, one or two rumours this end that uh, perhaps he's not as physically fit as as maybe he should be, but uh, he's proving everybody wrong at the moment. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Pompey have had a glutton of injuries this season. Um kind of like last season as well. Um, but Colby hasn't been one of them. Colby's been fit for pretty much most of the games and started well, played in a played in a pair and has played on his own. And uh, yeah, a, a complete focal point of the side, I think. So let's talk about matters on the field then, Freddie. Let's go back to the Mazuma Stadium, one of the one of the rare good days for uh, for, for Morecambe uh, earlier on in the campaign. It was uh, it, we absolutely hammered you one one on that day. Um, should have beat you four or five really, and you couldn't really have had any complaints. I don't think, and probably the luckiest point that you're going to get all season. But uh, from what has happened in the in the months that follow, <laughs> it's been a very different path for for both sides since then. Yeah, absolutely. So much change. Uh, Pompey were dreadful that game. Um, 
like you said, if Borkham got three points of out of it, no, no Pompey fan would complain, to be honest. Um, didn't really play well at all. Didn't have any control in the game. Um, this is strange. There have been so many times that Pompey have got points away from home against opposition where they haven't looked good in the entire game, but they've created their chances and taken them. And it doesn't always show up in the analytics, but at Morecambe, they didn't even do that. They didn't create the chances in the first place, have their control. Um, this time at home in front of an expectant crowd, uh, I, I think it, it just has to happen where Pompey will try and do what they did against Forest Green, even though it wasn't a perfect performance. What they wanted to do, they set up at a 4-3-3 and they controlled the midfield. They just didn't panic. They were composed had three three centre fielders that can pass and then pick a ball, and then hoped for uh, the wingers to make make some space and the fullbacks to overlap to try and stretch the defence a bit. But as we saw in that Forest Green game, Portsmouth didn't really have a strong chance until Owen Dale scored just after the fiftieth minute, where it was arguably just some bad defending from the Forest Green fullback, where he jumped over him. So if Morecambe can sit in a shape and be very strong, then they they can definitely frustrate Pompey absolutely. You look at the stats, though, Freddie, and they don't lie. So we were speaking about uh, with you and the rest of the guys on the PO forecast. Just one away win for us all season, and and five draws, eight points on the road, just isn't good enough. And I suppose when you look at uh, playing against a team with stats like that, it, it's a nailed on three points, isn't it? Or or, or is it? Or, or are you worried about us in any way? Uh, some fans are worried about what I mentioned earlier, like against Morecambe, where. The longer the game goes on, nil-nil, um, the more expectation there is on the Pompey players. But they've been in, I think they've been in that situation too many times um, this season. And I think they got over it a lot. Um, it's not under the Danny Cowley era anymore. It's under the Job Asenio era. And um, they've been more clinical in their chances. So I am confident of Pompey getting three points. Uh, sorry to Borkham fans. Um, there are tougher games ahead. The last two games being Der- Derby County away and then Wickham Wanderers at home, which could be absolutely playoff six pointers, really, if we if we want to flip that round. But um, no, I'd be incredibly disappointed if um, if Pompey didn't get all three points at Fratton Park. There are a few Morecambe players that jump out at me, really. Obviously, Dan Crowley, amazing player. It might be a bit tough for him if it's a midfield three. They might be able to clog him out a little bit, especially if Mark and Pat plays a bit deeper and can mark him. Um, he's he's the standout walking player for me, and I'm sure your fans will agree, really. Well, Dan, uh, Dan Crowley, I think if you looked at, at a heat map of any of his games, it would be a pretty even spread throughout the whole of the pitch. He doesn't stay in one particular area. He buzzes around. I think, as I mentioned to you guys on, on, on your podcast, he's... Uh, He's almost a little bit too quick for for, for for the game itself sometimes. So he'll have to check back, hold on to the ball for a bit longer. And you might you might find that on Monday. And it's a bit frustrating sometimes that uh, we can't get that pass away a bit early. But he's certainly uh, uh, one of our danger men, uh, uh, that's for sure. I think for us, with only six games left and, and four points from safety, it's not quite do or die over the Easter weekend. Uh, but it, it it's as near as makes no difference, really. I think if we play you maybe three months ago, uh, we could be a bit more defensive and we could sit in and try and frustrate and nick something. But the reality is, I think, as I mentioned, we, we've got to get a couple of results from somewhere. We've got to get a couple of shock results from somewhere and we've got to get a second and probably a third away win as well uh, if we're going to stand any chance uh, of staying up. Bear in mind, uh, two of our three home games are Plymouth and Wickham Wanderers. So... 
we're going to have to go on the road and get something. Uh, what crumbs of comfort, Freddie, can you give us? Or, or where, if, if we are absolutely on our game, and perhaps you have a bit of an off day, where can we hurt you? Have you got any weaknesses at all? Can you give us anything, little tiny thing to hold on to? Well, like I mentioned earlier, Morecambe, uh, Forest Green were able to frustrate Pompey for large parts of the game by sitting in like, almost like a 4-5-1. Um, obviously, Morecambe play with um, they play with a back three, don't they, usually? So they can, they can set up a, like a back five for a little bit and uh, soak up some pressure for a little bit if they want to. But obviously, like you said, um, it might even be the case where a draw at Fratton Park, even though in isolation it's a good result uh, given the situation, it might not be a good enough points for the re- uh, for the rest of the campaign so Pompey uh, Morgan might have to play out a little bit um if the front three compress the back four when they're passing in between um passing between each other and trying to control possession that's a big Achilles heel for Pompey um the play from the back four can be quite slow so for example if you're about Umanias or Carl Stockton if they close down the center house and the fullbacks properly and the winger and win back support them then Pompey can definitely turn the ball over in our own final third, but if it get if if the ball gets to the midfield for Pompey, then uh, I think Pompey should be able to control it properly and uh, hopefully not not give away uh, some clear cut chances. I mean, I, I mean, that's it for us. Uh, we, we just haven't created enough chances. We get lots of the ball. You'll see this on Monday. We have lots of the ball in the middle third, pass it around, lovely, neat and tidy. And then we'll either concede a very sloppy goal at the back or we'll get to the edge of your box 25 yards out and that we don't go any further forward than that. And, and I think that's been the one frustration for us. Uh, but that said, we've got to go for it. It's it, it's it's now or never almost. So uh, hopefully the game's going to open up uh, open up a little bit. But so from your point of view, I think obviously you've nailed your colours to the mass really, I mean, in terms of the game itself. I wouldn't expect you to predict anything else other than a Portsmouth win. But can you get into that top six, though? It's going to be... Super, super tight, isn't it? I know it's on, and I've said as much several times, but I'm not going to go as far and to say we're going to finish it. Pompey going to finish it. I can't go that far. Um, a lot of the fans know the strengths and weaknesses of this side, and I just don't quite think we're there in comparison to um, the other side. The other side's fighting for that playoffs, but anything can happen. I know, but I, I think we'll fall just short. Unfortunately, that run, that one win in 15 in the league j- just killed us. It was too far away after that. And uh, a hardy uh, band of traveling Morgan fans uh, coming down. I think some are going, coming down on the Saturday and having a, having a weekend on, on the South coast. Uh, what can you tell us about the away fan experience? Where do we need to go for a pint? All that kind of thing. What do we need to know? Oh, well, uh, it, it, definitely a nice place to go for a weekend if anybody's travelling. Um, one good uh, drinking spot before the game is the Staggeringly Good Brewery. It's open to home and away fans, and it's pretty much a two-minute walk from Fratton Park, so it's pretty much right on top of the stadium as well. So that will save you, uh, save more fans drinking in the city centre or, or in South Sea, which is right by the beach, for example, and having to do a walk of like a mile, mile and a half. Um, brew their own beer in the, in the place as well. Southern prices, unfortunately, I will have to say, but um, but no, very nice beer. So it, it is worth it in comparison. And then there's obviously South Sea, Albert Road, so many bars and pubs down there. And obviously, if you want to have a quick treat, a quick trip to the beach beforehand, you certainly can do. Um, but yeah, loads of options. 
and the weather's going to be good as well over the Easter weekend, I think, isn't it? So uh, it's all looking good. Frey, love to love to chat to you. I could have talked to you all day about football, but, uh, you know, we've all got to go to bed and at some point, haven't we, I suppose? And before you go, uh, obviously, the PO forecast, I think, is one of the best uh, podcasts in League One because it's a proper fans pod. I know you're with your your, your day job hat on, you're, you're a, a journalist yourself, Freddie, but uh, it's, it's a proper fans pod in that regard, isn't it? Uh, and you tell it like it is. Tell us where we can find it. Uh, yeah, so you can see the PO, PO forecast on all um, just the major podcasting platforms such as Spotify, Apple, Google, um, SoundCloud, all those places. You, you can follow us on Twitter at PO forecast. There's also Pompey News Now, uh, which is like a, a blog stuff. So you can see all about the club if, if you so wish. Do some research on the players and so on. Um, yeah, there's all sorts to look out there if uh, any Borkham fan uh, needs to occupy themselves on the coach trip down. And you can listen to yourself and Hugh and Chris uh, all, all, all telling us uh, how many you're going to beat uh, beat us by on Easter Monday. So uh, that'll put us in a great mood. It won't. Uh, I suppose do you find actually, Freddie, when 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 things aren't going so well, you almost perversely have more to talk about than when 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 times are good because you know when things aren't aren't going as 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 planned on the field, it makes for almost better content. Weirdly. Yeah, well, there's always that. There's always the Arsenal fan TV effect, isn't there? Where uh, if, if Arsenal are rubbish and uh, and Big Arteta needs to be sacked, uh, their, their views spike, don't they? But when they're doing very well, it drops. But uh, hey, it's um, it's, it, it can be very hard also when the times are bad because when you know what the weaknesses are, you know where the individual errors came from in games, you know what the problems are. But we end up waiting for the summer again, where we need more players or, or whatever. It, that can get frustrating as well. But um, I'm just glad that there's something for Pompey to fight for now at this stage in the season, because in January it, lo- it looked completely curtains, and Pompey had blown blown it completely after having an excellent start. That excellent start seems miles away now. <laughs> it, it seems miles away, but now I'm glad that Pompey are three points off, and uh, there's a lot to fight for until the rest of the season. Keeps things interesting. Certainly does, certainly does. Uh, Freddie, thanks very much indeed. Good luck for the rest of the season after Easter Monday, of course. It's going to, it's going to be super tight to get in the top six, isn't it? I think you've got definitely a fighting chance where you've played everybody uh, above you and there are, as you know, some really, really good sides. Not only battling for the two automatics, but also uh, to stay uh, in that top six. So it's going to be close. Hopefully we can put a bit of a dent in, in your playoff ambitions, but not too much of one so you don't sneak in that top six at the end of the season. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see how we go, shall we? We'll see how we go on Easter Monday. Freddie, always great to chat, mate. Thanks very much. Speak to you next time. Absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me on, Dave. Every kick, every game, every goal. Following Morecambe FC in League One. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio.